Thank you, Roger. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning. Let's go to the Gospel according to John, all right? John chapter 6 this morning is where we will be in the Word of God. John chapter number 6, all right? John chapter number 6. And as you well know, we are going through the miracles of Christ on Sunday mornings. And I also just want to remind you again what the purpose behind these miracles really are. Keep in mind, they're not here just for a show or some spectacle, such as Herod wanted to see in the, in the Gospel according to Luke chapter 23. It's not there just for that, all right? <clears throat> it's not just to see some magic show like Herod wanted to see. It's not there just to, just to uh, gather a following, though many people followed Christ because of His miracles. That's not the main purpose. Uh, the main purpose even of the miracles of Christ was not just to help people, though Jesus did a lot of that. He helped a lot of people, uh, both physically and, yes, spiritually. But that's not the main purpose behind them all. Please keep in mind and understand this. The main purpose behind the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ found in Scripture is for this reason, to point to who Jesus is, to let you know that He is the Christ, the Son of God, to let you know that He is the Messiah, God come in the flesh, that He is Emmanuel, God with us, to show forth His great deity, all right? So please know as we study the miracles of Christ and as you read them for yourselves in the, in the Word of God, know that behind the, behind the miracle is that purpose to point to who He is. Yes, His power, oh my, yes, but also to His person of who Christ is really is. Here's what John said about it in John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus and the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So let the miracles of the Lord Jesus bring you to Jesus. All right? Please, please see Jesus in every bit of this, of who he is, and his power, of course, but who he is. All right. So let's look at another one this morning. I'm going to be in John chapter number 6. And we'll read down verses 1 through 14 in just a second. And they're working out the bugs in the, uh, in the audio. All right. And uh, so a little bit of a ring there. Uh, but anyway. Uh, but, know, but know this about this miracle this morning. As we're going to study the feeding of the 5,000. All right. That's the next miracle. But know that this miracle is recorded in all four gospel records. And it's the only one that's recorded in all four gospel record accounts. So that tells me this was a special, special miracle to these guys. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. You'll find it in Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 44. You'll find it in Luke chapter 9, verse 10 through 17. Of course, here in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. But this miracle made such an impact uh, on these guys' minds and heart that they didn't want anyone to forget what Jesus did that day of feeding 5,000 men, let alone women and children. It had such a magnitude of importance to these disciples they had to write it down. This event would have been one of those, one of those moments like this. All right, you ready? It would have been one of these. Good night. Oh, my word. Did you see what just happened? You ever had seen that or had one of those moments, right? Yeah. Uh, when you catch a five or six pound bass, you, you get excited like that. Did you see that thing jump out of the water? And it comes off and you cry like a little girl. But anyway, not that that's ever happened or nothing. <clears throat> but it's one of, those, one, of those, one of those events like, good night, did you see that? It's one of those, one of those moments. 
And so they were so excited about it, they had to let everyone that read their gospel account to know about the feeding of the 5,000. It stood out in their mind. Maybe it stood out so, so particularly because they were personally involved in it. The disciples, that is. They were personally involved in this miracle that Jesus performed. And since they couldn't get it over, this miracle, they had to let everybody know about it. So as we study this miracle this morning, the feeding of the 5,000, I would like to consider a few different truths, all right? Truths about humanity, general truths, all right? It's a general truth. Truths about humanity, truths about Jesus, and even truths about believers themselves. Let's look at it in John chapter 6 and verses 1 through 14, as the Bible says this. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. And by the way, that two hundred penny worth would be like uh, uh, two hundred days of wages. All right, I don't know how many, how many, how much wages that would be for you, but just take two hundred days of three hundred sixty-five days of the year, and uh, that would be not sufficient enough to buy just simple bread for these guys. All right. Then look at verse number, uh, verse number eight. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him. There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were down, that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. The first thing I'd like for us to consider about this miracle here is this. Number one, I want you to take note of the craving of the people. The craving of the people, all right? And this is a, a general truth about all humanity. Hum, humanity has a craving, all right? Now, when you look at Scripture here, the craving you would see, at least the onslaught craving at uh, the very beginning, is this. You would see the craving of, well, they're hungry. Have you ever gotten hungry? Yeah, you're a Baptist. I know you get hungry. You're hungry now. I know. But that's a craving, yeah, that we all have from time to time, just a simple get hungry, all right? But this, at this moment, these people were hungry, and it was a big problem. And if there were teenagers present in this moment, it was a monumental problem. Because when teenagers get hungry, they go from hungry to hangry in about 2.7 seconds. How many parents know what I'm talking about? All right. I understand that, too. And some of your parents are like, Forget the teenagers. That's talking about me, you know. Uh, here's a little. Here's a little little note. If I say I'm hungry, uh, that means you got to be about steaks. Here we're just talking about a little bread. Ain't enough. Ain't enough. There's so many people here. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. They were 
hungry. But listen, as I read my Bible, and as I look at this miracle, this is not the main problem. This is not the main issue. Their physical hunger, yeah, it was a problem, but not the main one. You see, these individuals that came to Jesus in the very beginning, they came to him for this reason. Not because they were physically hungry. They didn't come looking for fish tacos, all right? They didn't come for that. Rather, they came to Jesus because they were hungry, listen, spiritually. And the Bible says, again, in verse number 1, it says, These things, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of, of Galilee into the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Because they saw the miracles which he did. This is why they came. This is why they came, because of what he was doing for the people spiritually. What he was doing for the people physically around them. What he had done for the people back in Capernaum, or back in the town where these people came from. Maybe this crowd came to Christ because they'd heard about the maniac, crazy man of Gadara. Maybe they'd heard about that. Maybe they'd heard about the woman with the issue of blood. We've seen that recently. Maybe they'd heard about the raising of the, of the man, uh, the, the young man at the, at the city gate of name. Maybe they'd heard about the raising of Jairus' daughter. Maybe they'd heard about the leper being cleansed or the man with the withered hand becoming whole. Maybe they'd heard about all these demons being cast out by the Lord Jesus. They'd heard about these things. This is why they came. All these testimonies, all these transformations, all these miracles pointed to Christ's power, but also, remember, to his person of who he is. And listen, it gave these folks who had a hunger for something other than just food, for something real, for something genuine. They wanted something real, and it's only going to come through Jesus Christ. This is why they came. Understand people today in a general sense, whether they want to admit it or not, they have a, they have a craving for something real. They want to see something real. No, no fluff. They want to see something real. They want to know God is real. They want to sense God is real. They want to know He's real. They want to see it, by the way, from you, Mom and Dad, that he's real. They want to know. They have a craving. They want to have it, they have it craving. But the only one that will ever satisfy that craving of their soul is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says this in John 6, 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Again, he was not talking about physical hunger. He's talking about spiritual hunger, and everyone has. Listen, they want to, uh, want to believe it or not, they have a spiritual hunger within their soul. But the only one that's going to feel that and satisfy that is Jesus Christ. Even Jesus made that plainly known. If they come to him, they will never hunger. If they come to him, they will never thirst. But these people, they had it in a general sense. What all humanity has is a craving, a hunger for the Lord, for something real in their spirit. And they found it in Christ. All right. So we see these people, they had a craving. Yeah, they got hungry physically. But that's not the reason they came to him at the very beginning. They came to him because of what he's been doing, what he's been preaching. They needed something real from the Lord. All right. They had a craving. Number two, I want to notice this from this miracle. Number two, I want to notice the compassion of the Savior. This is, a, this is something that we see of the Lord himself. Look at verse number 10. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and disciples to them that sat down. 
and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, filled twelve baskets of the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Look at verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. I believe those men referring back to the 5,000 men that were fed. Understand something. We see in this moment, in this miracle, we see, we see the compassion of the Lord. You know, I want to bring out a few things about this and get to a point here. But it's interesting to me to know the context of this particular portion of Scripture. You see, in other synoptic gospel records, it gives us and reminds us that the disciples have just come back from a, if I can say it this way, a missions trip, all right? They just come back from being sent out two by two, just come back from being sent out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 6. And no doubt as these men uh, were, were coming back to Christ, giving a report of all the things that they were able to do through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, no doubt they were excited of the experience they have just had. Excited about healing of the sick, excited about cleansing the lepers, excited about casting even at casting out demons. They're excited about the preaching of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No doubt excited of all what God had done through, through them. But all, with all the work they were doing, understand something, they no doubt were exhausted as well. I mean, trying to serve the Lord from city to city, town to town, walking here, traveling there, preaching here, preaching there. They had a lot of demands for their time and for their energy. And no doubt these men, these 12 disciples we're talking about, they were exhausted. And when you are exhausted, when you are tired, you need what? Starts with an R, ends with an S. Rest. That's right. You need some rest. And even Jesus, in this moment, recognized this fact about these men. Here's what he said. Mark chapter number 6, again, the same context of the feeding of the 5,000. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place, and rest a while. And there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. Look, they had no leisure. They didn't have time to eat. They were so busy, they were exhausted. And Jesus said, Look, you got to rest. you got to rest. So, the very next verse. In Mark chapter number 6, verse 33, begins the feeding of the 5,000. So this very moment, I can picture these guys were getting excited, getting to the ship, going to the other side, going on kind of a mini vacation, if you will, and just them and Jesus. And by the way, we need to get away every now and then, all right? All of us need to get away from the demands of life and the hustle and bustle of life and get away and just rest. We need that. I'm reminded one preacher told me, he said, look, you need to come apart or you're going to come apart, all right? And so I get what he was saying. But we all need that from time to time. So no doubt these guys were excited. They were exhausted. I'm sorry, they were, they were excited to get away. They were exhausted because of all the work. But then as they got to the other side, they saw these people and they were this. They were exasperated. All right. Again, stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? They're exasperated. Listen to what the disciples said. As the multitude of people, after, multitude of people though, coming to interrupt their rest time. Here's what Mark says in Mark chapter 6 and verse 35 through 36. And when the day was now far spent, the disciples came unto him, that's unto Jesus, and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. So they were excited, tired, maybe even a little annoyed.
Jesus when he came out calling his people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things and again again the context of feeding the 5,000 and so forth he was not going to send them away why moved with compassion and this is the lesson no doubt these disciples needed to learn in this moment the, the spirit of Christ toward people and that is of compassion of compassion now we have looked at this word several times Psalm 86, 15, but thou, O Lord, our God, full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. Psalm 103, 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm thankful for the faithful compassion of God in my life. 
chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I did this when I was 20 years old. Uh, a little bit of a mess in my life, all right? A little bit is an understatement. But a mess in my life, but God was working in my heart to surrender to Him. And so that evening of June, I think it was 12th, 2004, I said, Lord, I'm a mess. My life is not what it should be. My Christian walk ain't near where it should be. 
but I'm here. Give it all to me. Present your life a living sacrifice, Lord God, that I too may live. And I believe every believer needs to have that Romans 12 moment in our life when they need to truly give themselves to God and whatever fashion it may be to be used of the Lord. Sometimes we get in our in our, in our mind, the devil puts it there, by the way. He'll say, well, if you surrender your life to God, he's going to call you to Africa. Out in the desert where ain't nobody. probably won't, but even if he did, <laughs> you're better off in the desert of Africa than you are here in the mountains of western North Carolina. Give your life to the Lord. Let him use you in however fashion he wants you to use it. Be that channel to work. Give your life to the Lord. Let him use you. So from this miracle this morning, we see some general truths, general truths about humanity. Listen, everyone truly does. If they're honest with themselves, have a craving for God. Real craving for that God-shaped void in our life, craving for something else. The only one that's going to satisfy that longing is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see a truth about Jesus here, about the Savior. He is compassionate. He wants everybody. He doesn't turn anyone away. And we see some truths about believers as well, that Jesus can use anybody if they make themselves available to Him. Will you do that this morning? Make yourself available to the Lord Jesus Christ to be used in whatever fashion He chooses.